0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Joe Biden is inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States, and he's now reviewing the troops. That was a weird thing when that happens, but he's not having the the parade and taking the walk down to, uh, to, to the White House. He's already signing executive orders. As the people at Free Beacon are reporting, they changed the name of the U.S. ambassador to Israel. On social media, instead of saying U.S. ambassador to Israel, it's U.S. ambassador to Israel, the West Bank, and Gaza. Now, I haven't seen, I haven't looked to see if this is the way it always was, but they're reporting that it was indeed changed, that this is a... Different, different title. Just some of what is to come in the world of Joe Biden. And some of it just ain't good. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. I don't wish ill uh, on Joe Biden. It's that based on the policies that have been presented, I don't want them to be successful. I think they're bad, dangerous policies. I am not ashamed to admit such a thing. There's a difference between whether or not I wish the man ill and whether I want him to realize that the policies being pushed by his progressive cohort are bad policies that harm America. This takes us to his acceptance speech, if you will, his inaugural speech, I should say, and where there are some serious issues. Because he started to get into the very concepts of unity and while I won't share it all I'm going to share some we're going to break in and start talking about it because it is very obvious That this conversation of unity Isn't one about unity at all
1: To restore the soul and secure the future of America requires so much more than words it requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy. Unity. Unity. In another January, on New Year's Day in 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. When he put pen to paper, the president said, and I quote, if my name ever goes down into history, it'll be for this act. And my whole soul is in it. My whole soul is in it. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. uniting to fight the foes we face, anger, resentment, and hatred, extremism, lawlessness, violence, disease, joblessness, and hopelessness. With unity, we can do great things, important things. We can right wrongs. We can put people to work in good jobs. We can teach our children in safe schools. We can overcome the deadly virus. We can reward reward work and rebuild the middle class and make health care secure for all. We can deliver racial justice and we can make America once again the leading force for good in the world. I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy these days. I know the forces that divide us are deep and they are real, but I also know they are not new. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal, that we're all are created equal, and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, demonization, have long torn us apart. The battle is perennial, and victory is never assured. Through Civil War, the Great Depression, World War, 9-11, Through struggle, sacrifice, and setbacks, our better angels have always prevailed. In each of these moments, enough of us, enough of us have come together to carry all of us forward. And we can do that now. History, faith, and reason show the way, the way of unity. We can see each other, not as adversaries, but as neighbors. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. We can join forces, stop the shouting and lower the temperature. For without unity, there is no peace. To whom is he
0: speaking? When he's talking about lowering the temperature and stopping the shout, to whom is he speaking? To you? To me? To us? To people who might be on the political right? do his words reach the newsroom at CNN or MSNBC? To the millions of Americans who have joined in the chorus of calling people racists and bigots? I'm asking, not for a friend, for me. To whom is he speaking? When he starts going down this road of unity and how we can bring down this and that, where was this call when it would have been brave six months ago? Where was this call when it was happening in Seattle and in Portland? Nowhere. He was in the basement. But now, he has a mission.
1: Only bitterness and fury. No progress. ONLY EXHAUSTING OUTRAGE, NO NATION, ONLY A STATE OF CHAOS. THIS IS OUR HISTORIC MOMENT OF CRISIS AND CHALLENGE, AND UNITY IS THE PATH FORWARD. AND WE MUST MEET THIS MOMENT AS THE UNITED STATES OF AMERICA. IF WE DO THAT, I GUARANTEE YOU WE WILL NOT FAIL. WE HAVE NEVER, EVER, EVER, EVER FAILED IN AMERICA we've acted together. And so today, at this time, in this place, let's start afresh, all of us. Let's begin to listen to one another again, hear one another, see one another, show respect to one another. Politics doesn't have to be a raging fire destroying everything in its path. Every disagreement doesn't have to be a cause for total war. To whom is he speaking? Because
0: uh, we have all witnessed and lived through the total war of people having different points of view and watching as people who disagree get called all sorts of names. People have been pointing to the the poem from Amanda Gorman, a 22-year-old, called The Hill We Climb. It was the poem that she delivered during uh, the, um, the, right now, during the the inauguration, with lines like, we've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it, would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy, and this effort very nearly succeeded, but while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade, and yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken but simply unfinished. She could, in some of those lines, be speaking uh, for you and me. But one could ask the 22-year-old, when we've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it, To whom are you speaking? When President Biden talks about unity and bringing down the temperature and coming together and not everything has to be a fight, to whom really do you speak? To whom do you speak really? Who is it? The focus of your words. Who is it really that you are focusing your words upon? It can't actually be me, can it? Me, my wife, my children. My father and mother, seniors, uh, by the way, and taxpayers. It can't really be we, can it? We who don't censor speech or condone any riot surely can't be the focus. The focus of lofty words from a mystical on high about democracy, kindness, and peace, about the soul of the nation and its healing. Healing? Healing? racist, bigot, misogynist, zealot, white supremacist, Nazi. And now, healing. The strength of our nation being disagreement without discord. I mean, did those words actually come out right? Were they said right? Spoken with truth? Four years of discord and rancor and violence and death and savage souls and vicious lies. Yeah, more than one person can lie, which is why, like so many, I cannot simply let pass by this, well, lie, because unity is sweet, divine, good, uh, for sure, but that isn't the focus of your words, that's obvious, clear, clearly, painfully. The focus of your words is to omit the words that came before. The focus of your lessons is to take focus off of those who need it entirely or as well. Asking for healing without a discussion of all those who create pain cannot heal any wound. And how could it possibly heal when the wound is so profitable? I believe in the nation maybe like you. I believe in its promise, maybe like you. I believe in its systems and its foundation and its most valuable creed to form a more perfect union. I believe a nation is better when it recognizes its mistakes instead of setting a population to beg for forgiveness for them when that population didn't make them. No healing can begin until all who destroy and divide are not held to account, but hold themselves to account until those who ask for healing direct their statements, thoughts, passions, and beliefs at themselves, their loved ones, there, for lack of word, people. More important than unity in projects is an agreement of purpose, that our nation only works because people free in movement and thought and idea are protected by law and civility to do just that. That must be our focus. That must be really our focus, focused on all of us, for without that, it is focused on none, and our nation lost may never again be found. You see, poetry is good, guys. And I wrote that after hearing Amanda Gorman in five minutes. Now, I couldn't, say, I'm not going to say I couldn't use some editing. But when you hear Joe Biden speak today, you realize he's not speaking to the whole of America. And when you want to talk about unity and you're not willing to speak to the whole, you're not talking to anybody. Not a way to start four years. I'm Tony Katz.
2: You know, And then we've gone from sort of Ivanka Trump and the other Trump kids sort of acting as if they are a royal family to Amanda Gorman in her braids and her brown skin and standing up there in her 22-year-old black girl's body representing America because there is an old America and there is a new America. And- oh,
0: holy hell, Joy Reid. Way to bring about the unity conversation. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's so good to be with you. By the way, if a black woman spoke uh, in favor of Trump, you would call her a traitor. So, you know. But Joy Reid over there at MSNBC isn't done bringing more of the unity to you, me, and we.
2: And the new America and the old America essentially went to war in 2020. Physically in the same capital, and New America won because New America got 80 million votes, and Old America got 72 million votes. And we're still basically at war. And you have a new president now who wants to declare a peace. It is really incredibly fascinating to me how history moves, because we do have sort of another person trying to do what Lincoln did, trying it again. And-
0: we're really not comparing. Joe Biden to Abraham Lincoln, are we? That, that's not actually happening, right? There, there's, there's no possible way uh, that guys like, oh, I don't know, uh, David uh, Chilean over there at cnn would try and also have these conversations about the wonderful joyful work uh, that joe biden's doing right i i there's there's no way that was foreshadowing everybody there's no way he'd actually say anything like that is there contrast on display tonight was so stark i mean those lights that are that are Just shooting out from the Lincoln Memorial uh, along the reflecting pool, I look—it's like almost uh, extensions of Joe Biden's arms embracing America. It was a moment where the new president came to town and sort of convened the country in this moment of remembrance. Sure, okay. There are lights all over the reflecting pool for those who have died from coronavirus. It's Joe Biden's arms hugging us. No, no, no. This press corps is going to be totally competent and normal for the next four years. Oh, wait, we have more from Joy Reid? Okay.
2: And we're going to take a second shot at trying to end this civil war, you know, between an America that feels that some people are captors and some are captives, um, and an America that you know grant believed in you know and that the radical republicans believed in in lincoln's time like we have to try to do this again um god bless joe biden you know this is a man, a truly deeply religious man obviously a man with incredible compassion and he's got a great partner in kamala harris you know who's a stepmom you know and a, a sort of accessible kind of human being that you can recognize this is New America, and I hope, that, I hope New America wins the war.
0: Okay, it's a war. Just make sure we understand what's going on. But what is it a war about? New America, old America, what are you even discussing? Well, if you live a life where everything is racism and bigotry, what else would you get? This is why Joe Biden's speech falls on such deaf ears it's not that a 22 year old can't speak at the at the inauguration it's that you want to say that my 73 year old mother is a racist and a nazi while her parents escape poland to come to america and she shouldn't respond she should just shut up and pay her taxes This demonizing of half of America does not end well. And we are more than aware that people like Joy Reid could not give a damn. That they are not bringing about the peace. They are continuing to engage the division. Why they choose to do this, I don't know. And it's why I said that Joe Biden's speech failed. And you know how I really know it failed? Because Chris Wallace over at Fox News thought it was great. See, that's that's how I know. Oh, speaking of Fox News, more firings. I swear to you, I have no idea what's going on over there. I'm asking. I'm asking people I know. No one will give me an answer. They won't tell me what's going on. Whoo! We'll break it down and get into it. And also, with everything we now know, what are the next steps? Because, man, that's everything. What are the next steps? And I've got mine. Maybe you'll agree with them. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. See, you have got former President Clinton... Former President Bush. Uh, they are at a wreath laying ceremony with uh, former President Obama. I believe they're at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Tony Katz. Tony Katz. Today, it's good uh, to uh, be with you. I don't know, showing some unity or whatever the and whatever the case may be. Uh, Jimmy Carter was not at the. Uh, at the inauguration, uh, whether it be his health, fears of coronavirus, at his age, I think that's absolutely acceptable. Makes actually makes perfect sense to say, you know what, this is not a place where I should be. The, the risk is, is not worth the reward in that way. But I didn't want to get into the inauguration because I, I, I do want to discuss, you know, what happens next and where do we go from here. I want to get into all of that. But the story about Fox is ever-evolving and fascinating. And I understand that maybe I do myself a a disservice uh, when, you know, I I appear on the network and I'm talking about them, right? I'm not a paid employee of of Fox. That'd be nice. I'm not a paid employee of Fox. I've appeared a lot, of course, on Fox. And Fox absolutely punch themselves in the face on election night. And the reason that this is true, and an undeniable, may I add, is that they went about pushing the idea that, oh, Arizona was one for Biden, and this one was one for Biden, that one's one for Biden, and not that they weren't one for Biden. It's that there were things that were close, there were things that were challenges, and all you had to do was say, we're going to wait a couple of days and figure it out. We're going to wait a couple days and figure it out. That's all we're going to do. We're going to see what happens here and let these challenges go forward. That's rational thinking. They didn't do that. Now, you could say, Tony, what, they were supposed to lie to their audience? No, never should anyone lie to their audience. You tell the truth regardless of anything. But you don't have to hate your audience. You don't have to disrespect your audience. You don't have to spit in their eye. It would have cost them zero, zero to wait a couple of days. But they didn't want to do that. They chose not to do that. Instead, not only did they say, hey, let's not wait a a couple of days, but rather, let's figure out how we can punch everybody in the throat by saying Democrats picked up five seats in the House. They got multiple things wrong, and while we're getting it wrong, let's do it with a bunch of ego, the likes of which you ain't never seen before. That was Chris Stierwalt. Now, we've had Chris Starwalt on the show before, and I think Chris Stierwalt has been good. Even when I've disagreed with him, he's been good. I think Chris Stierwalt is a bright dude. I don't agree with him on everything, but man, does he, uh, it, it, I, at least in my uh, dealings with him, he he can bring it. But he, that night, was just an egomaniacal, smarmy elitist mess and that's how america that watches him saw it that's how they saw it from beginning to end and that's why they said we're done here thank you between wallace and this no 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 whatever is going on here we want no part of and they started looking at other places and sure maybe they looked at one american news which uh for the record i've never watched I have nothing against them, if you will. It's just I, I I never watch. As a matter of fact, they were set up in San Diego when I was living in Los Angeles. I wouldn't drive down there to, 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 to be on, you know? It, it, I think I've been invited once or twice. I can't say I was invited a million times. My recollection was once or twice when in the early, 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 early days. I was still living in L.A., so it was seven years plus ago. But they definitely went to Newsmax. They definitively went to Newsmax, and their ratings do show it. But no matter where they went, they left Fox. and Fox started seeing um, Fox started seeing that uh, the ratings for Fox and Friends were falling down. Uh, my experiences with fox and friends is nothing but exemplary nothing but exemplary and uh really appreciate those guys but yeah the ratings were going down and then the ratings across the spectrum were going down so much so that they redid the lineup Moving Martha McCallum out of 7 p.m. is not a position of strength moving her to 3 p.m. That's a position of what the hell? I have nothing against Martha McCallum, but that's not a promotion. That's a demotion. And trying to figure out what to do. Fox was last 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. Was it last week? Tucker was last. Laura Ingram was last. We're talking about the big three, right? MSNBC, CNN, and Fox. Sean Hannity was last. Last, and then came news yesterday that Fox fired sixteen people on the digital side, including Chris Steyerwalt, their politics editor. Now, you hadn't seen much of him after the election. Maybe realizing their mistake and putting a face to that mistake, they're able to overcome the mistake. But right now, that mistake is taking hold. And I am not so sure what the future brings, except it's early, and it's Fox, and you just inaugurated Joe Biden, and you can't say, well, they're done, you can't do it. They're Fox, they're not done, that's crazy talk. Crazy, crazy talk. There's also one of their senior management that's now stepping away. So the shakeup continues. The question is, what do they do about it? They've got upstarts. They've got competition. I believe in competition. Competition is good and valuable. What should that competition be doing? That competition should be engaging in honest reporting, valuable commentary, never lying to their audience, no matter what. But you also don't punch your audience in the face. I started today by saying, for those who who, who listen regularly, and I really, truly appreciate it, on my flagship uh, in Indianapolis and in WIBC, we started with uh, the Biden inauguration. We actually played it in full. Played the played the full hour. And some people are like, oh, I'm not listening to that propaganda. It's the inauguration of President of the United States. If that's propaganda, I can't help you. But the idea that I wouldn't share it when I share everything. I shared the Kavanaugh hearings in full. I shared the impeachment conversations in full. When Trump does one of those chopper pressers, I share them to the extent you can hear them in full. It's what I do. And I know amongst other radio hosts, some people think I'm just backcrap crap nuts for doing so. I believe you have to hear people in their own words so we can all decide what did we actually hear. And you might hear one thing and I hear another thing and that's interesting. You share it with me and I share it with you. And that's the way it should work. I give you my opinion on it not based on some opinion that others think you might want to hear, but what my opinion is. I am on record more than once in interviews and other places. I don't believe that anybody listens to this show at all. I don't believe I have a single listener or fan or friend or part of this group that we are who listens to this show because they want to be told what to think. Rather, I think people listen to the show because they want something to think about. I absolutely not only believe that to be fact, but it is how I operate. It is how I operate, knowing that we have a much different audience, a much more engaged group of people, people who are absolutely thinking for themselves, but don't always get, to li- get all the news, and thank God someone will actually do that for them, because if they had to listen to the news themselves, they'd go out of their minds. And then give a thought to what it is that everyone's talking about that maybe they hadn't thought about before, right? Something to share at the kitchen table. You know, I heard this from Tony Katz, and I thought this was interesting. What do you think? If I'm doing that, I'm doing my job. And none of that was to say, hey, let's mollify, satisfy, spoon-feed an audience. You can't be spoon-fed. I'm not even about to try because that'd be insane. I would also find it remarkably boring. The difference between me and Fox News on that night is that there was no problem with challenges. I'll wait till they go through. And you know what we got? President Biden. It's how rational people like you and me do things. What Fox did that night was a mistake. It wasn't about speaking freely, it wasn't uh, about standing up. No. It was a poor presentation and a real not thinking about the audience, not even thinking about maybe the, their own core. Now, Maybe they see it differently. What I know is changes upon changes upon changes are happening, and I don't know what any of them mean or what they're going to bring. The only thing I can ascertain thus far is that I don't think they're done yet. And I don't know where the audience is finally going to settle. That's going to be one of the really interesting conversations of 2021. Meanwhile, I still think they've got great people over at Fox people who I appreciate and I'm happy to have the opportunity to work with when I do. And when I get the opportunity again, I will. I feel the same way about the people who have been so supportive of, as at Newsmax. Been really, really something else to spend some time over there. I'm Tony Katz. Just an update. They changed the name back. They had changed uh, the Israeli embassy, right, on Twitter, U.S. Ambassador Israel, I should say. It became U.S. Ambassador to Israel, the West Bank, and Gaza. And now they've changed it back. Huh. Are we uh, listening to us or realizing that, hey, uh, maybe you don't want that anti Israel sentiment going out so quickly? to all the peoples maybe we'll just hold back a scotch we've got 17 executive orders going right now that are all about criminal insanity and pseudo-intellectualism oh wait till when they're they're gonna start anti-racism and and uh, critical race theory in every school watch for it watch for it and then act accordingly to protect your children from bigotry. Critical race theory is bigotry. Anti-racism is bigotry, right? If you think that racism uh, is based on existence, that people are guilty for their existence, if you see racism in everything, well, then you're going to have to say, well, we'll have to do something about this people, that people, the other people, but they're not racist. Well, they don't know that they're racist, and so that's why we have to help them. Oh, dear Lord. All of a sudden you realize that 1984 isn't supposed to be an instruction manual. Which, of course, leads us to maybe the the, the bigger question.
2: Where do we go
0: from here? Where
2: do we go from here? Battle's done, and we kind
1: of won, so we sound our victory cheer, where do we go from here?
0: So that's the question, and allow me to start with an answer. Why is path First, unclear. take a breath. We've got a long, long road ahead. And that road is indeed a, a, a fight. So we're we're perfectly, perfectly clear. It's it's a fight. There's nothing wrong with the expression "fight," right? It didn't all of a sudden become something unacceptable because of what happened at the Capitol. What happened in the Capitol is a riot. What happened in Seattle is a riot. What happened in Portland is a riot. And if you're not bothered by all of it, well, then clearly we got ourselves an issue. And I won't listen to the other people who cheered Seattle and Portland and clutched their pearls about the Capitol. Where do we go from here? Is a solid, solid question. First, I say take a breath then recognize that this call and push to unity is unfortunately not true it's not factual it's not accurate they've proven it time and again and while joe biden may actually somewhere in his soul believe this his actions in terms of the speech today did not follow through, and I, um, he, he had. I was, I was watching it, and I'm talking to producer Ari. I'm like, he hit it there. He's got the tone there, right? He can do that grandfatherly thing, and then he undercut himself time and again and again. And then you've got this entire cast of MSNBC and CNN, the people, the Washington Post and the New York Times, academia and and uh, celebrity, uh, not interested in unity. It doesn't matter that Lady Gaga shows up wearing a brooch the size of your face of a dove holding an olive branch. There are far more people on the political left who would gladly take that brooch and bloody you with it. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from the the hyperbole and the demonizing and the dehumanizing? that is taking place on college campuses and from academia and from these same groups in terms of celebrity and in news. These litmus tests, these these very much McCarthy era, are you now, have you ever been a Trump supporter? My name's Tony Katz and I supported Trump for four years. Policies. Because the where we go from here starts with asking yourself, What were you in the game of? Idolatry or the nation? Me, I wanted what was best for the country and best for my kids. It was never about Trump. I always understood, and we discussed it on this very show, Trump worked for me. Trump worked for you. Biden and Kamala Harris worked for me. I know who I am on this this totem pole. I'm at the top, and so are you. The citizenry always comes first. You have to decipher whether or not you are in it for Trump or whether or not you are in it for the policies. Once you do that, well, then you either got to work on the idol worship or you got to say, okay, what are the policies we need and what are the policies being enacted and how do we properly phrase them? More on that tomorrow.